0: Sometimes Christians give the worst advice. I don't think that they mean to most of the time. And it's not because their advice is necessarily wrong when compared with the world. But so many times Christians substitute cliches and homespun wisdom for the truth, the absolute truth of Scripture. And because of that, their advice is not good counsel. The other day I happened to overhear one Christian talking to another Christian and offering some advice about the situation that the troubled believer was in. The advice that was offered was really, really good if everything that they had heard were true. The problem was I knew the whole story and I knew that the person that was giving advice was not being told the whole story. And so their advice was really, really good in the right situation. They just weren't in the right situation. It's a funny thing about religion. Everyone is an expert. I remember before I was right with God, I was waiting tables in a bartender. And if you wanted to hear deep philosophical theological conversations, you didn't have to go to the seminary or to the college or to the church Just go to a bar after midnight. Everyone has an opinion about religion. Everyone has an opinion about spirituality. Everyone has an opinion on how you should live your life and how you should order your life and what you should do in a crisis. From preachers to drunks, from mothers to philosophers, everybody has advice to give. But it doesn't always mean that the advice is right. Now, there are times as a Christian that you are going to be in a position to give advice. I don't think that that's a bad thing. The Bible tells us as believers that we are to admonish one another. And I know that there is a role for counsel with the pastor. I know that there's a role for counsel with elders, and I'll address that in just a few moments. But I do think it is good and right for one Christian to be able to advise and counsel and minister to another, We should be mature in the body of Christ, and we should be able to admonish one another. Now, I simply want to make several statements here that will give you some general equipment as a Bible believer, some general truths that may help you and warn you and give you the practical wisdom you need when facing this situation of giving advice to others. Now for your own bible reading and bible study you should look at several verses that are all connected James chapter number 3 really the entire chapter but the first several verses Proverbs 13 verse 3 Proverbs 21 verse 23 and Proverbs 17:27 says he that hath knowledge spareth his words and a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit even a fool When he holdeth his peace is counted wise, and he that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. Throughout the rest of this recording, I'll often try to give you some Bible references. Don't take my word for them. Get the scriptures out and go look at what the Bible has to say. So what are some of the general counsels, some of the general wisdom principles that I'd like to give to you? When it comes to this matter of giving advice to other people, number one, don't. Don't. If you can help it, if you don't have to, don't. You and I need to be very, very careful of the assumption that we have something to advise, that we have something to share, that our opinions and our thoughts, are that important that they need to be shared. You need to be careful about that. It's very, very hard to keep our opinions and our thoughts to ourselves. And I'll be honest with you, I'm as guilty of that as anybody else. Now, the ugly truth is, is that most people don't want help. They want to vent. The Christian... I'm convinced most Christians know what is right, they just don't want to deal with it. And if you're counseling or advising somebody like that, you would be better off to listen, to pray, and simply to try to comfort them. I have come to find out in almost 15 years of frontline ministry that most advice in the spiritual realm goes unheeded. Certainly, unsought advice is almost never heeded. But even when people come to you, it reminds me in the book of Jeremiah, after Nebuchadnezzar had sacked the city of Jerusalem, and the people, the remnant that were left behind, went to Jeremiah and said, will you go to God and pray, and give us the advice and the direction and the counsel, the, the, the wisdom that we need to know what to do next. The Bible tells us that 10 days later, after prayer and supplication, Jeremiah came back with a word from the Lord and that God said what they should do, but that it was a waste of time because they had already made up their minds. They had already dissembled in their hearts, so the Bible says, to go their own way. The Bible says that in the book of Judges, every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Proverbs, I believe, chapter 14 says, There is a way which seemeth right unto men, but the end thereof are the ways of death. The reality is, is that very often when you're trying to counsel and trying to give advice, we're only telling people what they intuitively and instinctively and spiritually already know. A lot of times when people come to us for advice and share their problems, I hate to say it, but it's true, They're looking for a way to vent. They're looking for somebody to rubber stamp something that they want to do. And so many times I think it's better to simply pray. I think it's better to to listen with love and compassion. I think it's better to try to comfort, but be careful about rushing off to try to give advice. Secondly, you have to remember that you never I mean, you never get the full story. There are always two sides to an issue. And I'll be honest with you. Even with good Christians, there's usually always something held back. There's usually always a little something that's tucked away in reserve. And if you proceed to give counsel and advice on the basis that you have all the facts you're fooling yourself. I heard of one Christian lady one time talking to another Christian lady about how bad her husband was. And the other Christian lady just said, well, you just need to leave. You just need to leave him. If he's threatening you, if he's beating you, if he's harming you, you just need to get out of there. Now, on the surface, I agree with that. I don't think any woman needs to subject themselves to physical harm to be obedient to the scripture. I just don't believe the Bible teaches that. However, I'm not so sure that that lady was being told the whole truth. We don't know what goes on in the home life of people, we don't know what goes on in the privacy of, the, of their homes. We're not privy to their conversations. We only hear what the one lady said to the other lady, in the case of the illustration. Be very, very careful that you don't make unilateral statements, that you don't offer unilateral advice as if you're assuming you have all the facts. You don't. You won't, and you probably never will. Number three, you should never advise anything that you could not put your finger on in Scripture. Let me say that again. I don't care if you're going to use some phrase or cliché or some southern colloquialism or some homespun wisdom. If you're going to give advice as a Christian, as a Bible believer, you had better be able to put your finger on the Scripture. It is our job not to advise people in the way that we think is right. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, "...lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him." and he shall direct thy paths. First Corinthians chapter number 2, verse 5 says that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Paul says in the preceding verse that his speech and preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power. I think it's very important as a believer that if you're going to give advice, If you're going to give somebody counsel and admonish somebody and comfort somebody, you've got to be able to direct them to the Word of God. That is our final authority. That is our foundation. And so that means that it's incumbent upon you and me to know your Bible. Now, you would be surprised how many people, for instance, if you walked into the average Baptist church on a Sunday morning and you said, how many... People in this room believe that homosexuality is a sin before God. In the average conservative Baptist church, you'd probably find 80 to 90, if not a higher percentage of hands go up. Now, if you were to turn to them and say, how many of you can give me five scriptures, put your finger on five scriptures that teach homosexuality is a sin, I don't know what the percentage of drop would be, but it would be drastically lower. In other words, there is a great chasm. There is a big difference between what we know and what we can prove by Scripture. That's because the average Christian is living off of what their preacher is saying, what their Sunday school teacher is saying, what their devotional teachers are saying, what all the radio and, and TV Bible preachers are saying, and they're not studying the Scripture for themselves. They're not reading it. You've got to know your Bible. Not only do you have to know your Bible, but I believe it's important to know how to rightly divide your Bible. You say, well, preacher, I'm not a dispensationalist. Well, you are to some degree. You might not be a seven-point classical dispensationalist, but you don't take adulterers and take them outside the city and stone them. You don't take a rebellious child and stone them. You don't keep the Sabbath anymore. Uh, you, you don't uh, kill Canaanites like was licensed under the law there with Joshua. I mean, there are some differences. You might be a covenant theologian. You might be a dispensationalist. I don't know what you might be. But the fact of the matter is, you need to know how to rightly divide your Bible. You need to know what applies to you and what doesn't apply to you. You need to know how to administer the scriptures. There are some medicines in my cabinet that I take for some particular symptoms and some medicines in my cabinet that I take for others. When I have a headache, I don't take Pepto-Bismol. When my stomach is not feeling well, I don't take ibuprofen. And I think a Christian needs to know where to go. Uh, You don't take a young Christian and direct them into the book of Revelation. You don't take an older Christian and throw little cliche Bible verses out at them. So it's important to know your Bible. It's important to know how to divide your Bible. I think it's important that you know how to find truth in your Bible. Now let me say something that may be very, very simplistic, but I believe for anybody on the front lines, they'll find this to be true. If you have the scriptures, you really only need two other tools that can help you in the study of scripture. You need a good dictionary to know the English words. You don't need to know what the Greek words are. You don't need to get into all of that kind of stuff that's nuanced fluff and it might have its place. I'm not even debating that or arguing that with anybody right now. But long before you ever need to even get into the Greek, most people read past words that they're familiar with in English, but they do not know the meaning in English. Take your time to know what that English word says. Number two, get a good concordance and look at where that word occurs in the Bible. I believe with all my heart that the Holy Spirit of God is the greatest teacher of Scripture. That Scripture is the greatest commentator on Scripture. And I'm not saying that there's no other study tools necessary or no other study tools that are good. But what I'm saying is we've got so much fluff that I think we're not using and getting the meat that we need from the Word of God. Get your Bible, get a dictionary, get a concordance, and know the Word of God. You have no business advising anybody about anything in the Christian life if you can't take them to verse and scripture and principle and concept within the Word of God. Number four, never give spiritual advice unless you are ready to take responsibility for the outcome before God. Be very, very careful about giving spiritual advice in a drive-by manner. When you're talking to somebody, and you're ministering to somebody. As a Christian, you need to be very serious and very careful about what you're saying. I believe with all of my heart and my own life, one of the main things I would change as a pastor, and I'm, I'm being very candid with you, I think one of the things that I would change most and one of the things that I re- regret most is how quick I am to speak How quick I am to share an opinion or a thought rather than taking the time to meditate, to pray, to organize my thoughts. And I'm going to be honest with you. I probably would have saved myself a lot of heartache and a lot of trouble if I had been slow to speak and quick to listen. I want to advise you as a Christian. Be very, very careful. And make sure that you take responsibility for the advice that you give. Don't just give somebody advice and counsel and go on about your way. When you're in a position to admonish, when you're in a position to advise, when you're in a position to give counsel and wisdom, you need to make sure that you're walking with the Lord. You need to make sure that your counsel lines up with the Word of God. And you need to make sure that you care about that person, you follow up with that person, you pray with that person. Don't give spiritual advice unless you're willing to take responsibility. And then number five, finally, you need to remember that you're not a shepherd. Beware that you don't advise as one sheep to another and fail to take them to the shepherd. Now, I know that in these past decade and more, there is a real push in a sense, and hear me out now, There's a real push, in a sense, to make all the church and all the offices and all the people in the body of Christ on the same level. Spiritually, that is true. If you're talking about salvation, if you're talking about accountability to God, if you're talking about justification and sanctification, yes. But the reality of the matter is, Christ has given elders, preachers, bishops, shepherds, to lead, and to guide, and to nurture, and to warn, and to teach, and to preach the sheep. There is and should be something unusual about God's leader. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13, Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls. That is the job, I believe, of a New Testament shepherd. To watch for the souls of men and women, to live at a different level, to feel at a different level, to sacrifice the normal comforts that may be acceptable for the average Christian so that they might be nearer to God. I think there's a beautiful picture of the ministry in the Old Testament tribes. The Bible's very clear that the tribe of Levi had no inheritance of land among the other tribes. They were to minister about the Lord. And the Bible says that the Lord was their inheritance. Now, I think that carries over to the pastor. He is to live wholly consecrated at a different level so that he as a humble vessel of grace can be used as a means of grace by God in the lives of God's people. Now, I believe that there is ample room in the body of Christ for one Christian to minister to another Christian, for one Christian to advise and admonish and give counsel to another. But beware that you don't jump into the realm of the shepherd. Take the sheep to the shepherd. There's no shame in that. There's nothing wrong with that. That's the way it should work. Pray for your shepherd. Pray for your pastor, pray for those that are in leadership positions, but don't be in such a rush to prove that you have all the answers. Don't be in such a rush to prove that you're just as mature or just as seasoned as your preacher. The fact of the matter is, if you have a God-called preacher in the office that God has called for the local church, there is something different about him. There is an insight, there is a wisdom there is a help given to him by God that you might not have that he does have to fulfill the work that's given to him by God. I'm not talking about some dictatorial God's man sort of a thing that, that everybody must bow to him. I'm not saying that he has the world by the tail or all the answers. I'm saying that God has given us shepherds, under shepherds for a reason. And be very careful. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Don't rush off to give personal advice. Give scriptural advice. And then be sensitive. And don't be afraid to say, you know what? Friend, let's you and I go and talk to the pastor. I think that's good advice that I'm giving you about giving advice.